What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. In today's episode, I am going to break down the way to efficiently, quickly, sustainably lose body fat. This is going to be the best damn episode about fat loss that you've ever heard. I'm claiming it now. I'm putting the stamp on it. We haven't even gotten there yet, but I'm saying it. This is going to help you tremendously with your fat loss goals. Now, of course, you might not like what I have to say. That's all right. You don't have to like it. This will be the best damn episode on fat loss ever. Um, If you agree with me, you can let me know by leaving a five-star rating review on iTunes. You can also hit me up on Instagram, shoot me a DM, or take a screenshot of the episode, post it to your stories, and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And as always, if you got some friends out there, some family members, and they're struggling, and you're like, hey, you know what? This might be helpful for them. Just send them over the link. Tell them, you know what? I was thinking about you, and there's this guy, and he has this show, and he calls people assholes a lot. And I'm not saying you're an asshole, but I think you would like it. Um, so, you know, it's it's funny because lately I feel like I've been even more blunt than normal in the last several episodes. Just just being able to call it like I see it. And and here's the thing. I don't do that to make anybody feel bad. My intent, it's never to force you to do anything that you don't want to do. It's never to force you to do to take make a decision that you don't want to make. It's not to drive your behavior in any way, shape, or form. The reason I do this is to have you take a minute to think about things differently. That's it. I always say that if there is one gift that we could all, myself included, that we could all use more of, it's self-awareness. And it's a really complicated thing because how do you know what you don't know? So when I call out behavior, when I call out dissonance, right, where, you know, cognitive dissonance, meaning the things that you say you want are not aligning with your actions. When I call that shit out, it's purely from a place of wanting you to be more self-aware. I don't want you to fix the problem right away. My, My hope is that you'll analyze your behavior and modify it if you so choose. So that's why like when I say, you know what, if you have this goal that you're you've been struggling with for a really long time and you're sitting in a lot of pain in your current situation, meaning you're uncomfortable with how you look, you're uncomfortable with how you feel. You've been working on this for years or decades like many of our clients. And I tell you that the most efficient path forward is through coaching. It's not to get you to buy something. It's not to get you to do something you don't want to do. It's because information alone is not enough. I want you to consider your behaviors. If you're saying you want something, but you're doing something very different, I want to create a level of self-awareness that helps you understand that dissonance and close and closing the gap. Like It's actually a really complicated thing because adults especially, we're very set in our ways. It's, it's difficult for us to change now, if I was talking to like a younger generation, if I was talking to kids, they would grasp a lot of these concepts and, and the growth mindset idea much quicker than adults. Like we're, we're pretty stubborn. When we get to a certain age, we've developed these patterns over a really long time. So unwiring and rewiring our brains is complicated. 
kids are like, they're like little sponges. They take that shit in. They absorb it. They don't try to fix everything right away. They just do this inherently because they explore and they try things and they fail and they learn and they start to see patterns. And it's funny how we can learn a lot from looking at the younger generations, but I'm talking to adults who have been struggling for years. So when I present the best path forward, it's not to convince you to do anything. It's because I hope that you will analyze your behavior and the things that you've been saying that you want and the actions that don't align with that and that you will make the decision to modify your behavior if you truly want what you say you want and close the gap of of where you are to where you want to be. And that's it. At the end of the day, our mission at POP, we have a, a bold mission. Every single Tuesday, we have a call with our entire team at POP. And we start every single call the same way. We start with, as a reminder, our mission is to help 1 million people get off the diet hamster wheel, create the body that they desire with total food freedom. That's our mission. We start every single meeting on Tuesday exactly the same way. We go over our mission statement and we go over our core tenets. The core tenets are how we want to live as a representation of POP. We start every meeting that way because we have this bold mission. I don't ever want to lose sight of the fact that we are doing this to serve, to help others. Like a million people is a lot and we're, we're chipping away slow and steady. But if I don't present to you the best path forward, if I don't show you that cognitive dissonance that's existing right now, if I don't give you insight to help you modify your behavior, simply like the information alone is everywhere. Information is not enough. If information was enough, then coaches wouldn't exist. We would just have Google, right? That was that would be all we need. Google some shit, learn some shit, and, and there you go. You're set. But we still see more and more problems with the diet industry. Like the success rate of the diet industry should be going up, and yet it's going down. And it's already pretty abysmal. Like a 5% success rate fucking sucks. Let's not pretend like it's anything other than abysmal. And yet it's getting worse but we have more access to information than ever before. That's because information is not enough. We need to know how to apply it. We need practical application. It actually starts in your brain. Your mind is where everything happens. So if there's a dissonance, if you are saying you want things, but you're not backing that up with the proper action, with the proper behavior modification, then I am going to call that out because I hope you will take the time to absorb it. And instead of getting offended or defensive or say that I'm trying to sell you some shit, like just sit with it. Be like, is there, maybe there's something to this. I don't, you know, nobody has to listen to me. This is a choice as well. You could turn off my podcast at any time. This is a choice. You don't have to listen to me. But the reality is try to just, like, is there something that he's saying that there might be some something to explore. That's it. That's all that I'm asking. Explore it a little bit and consider, you know what? I don't think that my behaviors really align with what I say I want. How can I modify that behavior to get closer to what I want? And there's going to be a lot of gold in there. And it only happens with action. 
You know, sometimes we we really get caught up in overanalyzing everything and trying to continue to just pile on more and more and more information. Like, well, I have to learn more. I need to know more. I need to wait more. I need to, all the things that's like, we convince ourselves to do anything but the thing that's going to move the needle, which is simply taking action. So that's the reason uh, why sometimes it comes across as harsh. And my intent is never to offend anyone, but I would much rather be the the voice of truth that that creates more self-awareness than somebody who's just going to coddle you and tell you what you want to hear and be the cheerleader. Like I will always cheer you on. I'll be your biggest supporter. However, if you're acting like an asshole, I'll tell you you're acting like an asshole. I'll call you out on your shit. And some people don't like that. And that's cool. I know it's not for everybody, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of my perspective of my intent so that you understand. Now, let's talk about fat loss. So I am currently in a fat loss phase and I'm not happy about it. I don't like to be doing this. Um, My calories, you know, it, it started out, it was great. My calories started out nice and high. And I think that that points out something that's, that's really important is you shouldn't feel uncomfortable right away. Like if you jump into a fat loss phase and you're immediately uncomfortable, you probably didn't prime your metabolism well. Fat loss is, it sucks. Like, can we please stop making it out to be this like glorified, happy-go-lucky process? You know, like the diet industry likes to paint this picture of like, oh, I'm, I'm doing my Peloton workouts and sweating like a maniac while I'm eating air and sipping water and I have lemon in the morning. So my, I'm so healthy. And then I have my green tea and like, no, fuck that. Fat loss sucks. It's not happy go lucky. It sucks. Nobody wants to be in fat loss for very long. You are, you are explicitly imposing a stress on your entire system. Think about that. We're celebrating a stressor. We're celebrating like doing damage to our metabolism. Now, if you do this properly, you're not damaging anything. But my point is that most people go in with the extreme mindset. Most people haven't taken the time to prime their metabolisms effectively. So it ends up sucking a lot more than it needs to. And the perspective that I take is number one, how can we make this suck as little as possible? And number two, how can we get this done as quickly as possible? So for all of you who have been trying to lose fat for like years and years and years without ever taking a break, that's going to be a massive uphill battle. And just look at your own results. Like if you have been trying to lose fat for the last 10 years, has that been successful? Probably not. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe we should take a step back and consider you know what? Maybe my body would really enjoy some balance, some homeostatic balance. Maybe my body would really enjoy trying to pursue strength and performance and muscle building instead of fat loss all the damn time. So number one, you have to go in properly. Before you earn the right to lose body fat, you have to prime your metabolism effectively. Now, most people ask, what is metabolic priming? I've explained it a number of times. You can go back and listen to previous episodes. But essentially, we're getting your body ready to respond because if your body's overly stressed, for any reason, it will not respond. Now, I don't simply mean like you had a bad day. What I mean is that 
over the course of months and years, you've been putting your body under a lot of stress through restriction or over-exercising or poor sleep or chronic like relationship stress or any other like chronic stressor that's been in existence for a while, hence the word chronic stress, not just an acute stress, like you had a shitty week at work, that's not going to be too much of a big deal. Um, however, when you start to pile on stress on top of stress, it's going, your body is going to basically fight against you. It's not fighting against you. It's just keeping you alive. So priming means we are sending that safety signal to your body. Now, sending that safety signal can mean a number of different things. For some people, it can mean improving food quality because if they're eating a shitty diet, there's going to be a lot of inflammation and stress on their gut and digestion. And, um, you know, overall, we're, you're stressing your system if you're eating a lot of pro inflammatory foods, fried food, all that shit. Like it might mean cleaning things up for some people. For other people, uh, it might mean eating more. A lot of people get scared when I say that. Oh my God, I have to eat more food. Well, you might if you've been chronically depriving yourself and restricting yourself and under eating. Yeah, that's what you have to do. You don't have to do anything. I shouldn't say you have to do that. You don't have to do anything. You can keep depriving yourself and you can keep banging your head against the wall. That's your choice. However, if you want to make progress in that scenario, then it might be a good idea to get your calories up to a normal level, whatever that looks like for you. Again, everybody's different. So I can't just throw out numbers because they would be arbitrary numbers. It has to do with the individual. For other people, it might mean decreasing the number of calories that you're consuming because chronically overeating is also a stress on the system. It might mean for some people getting in more movement or focusing on your daily habits because not drinking enough water can be a stress. Not moving your body can be a stress. Like, yes, if you are only getting like a couple thousand steps per day, your body was meant to move, that will present some challenges. So priming might simply mean implementing some very simple and basic sustainable habits to prime your body to respond. So that's the first thing. We have to go in in the right state because we want it to suck less, right? Remember the two rules, suck as little as possible and get done as quickly as possible. So if I want to delay the process, I'll go in without having properly primed. Yeah, I'm trying to lose body fat. I'm eating 1,500 calories. Nothing's happening. But you know what? I'm going to cut to 1,000, right? That's going to delay your results. That's going to make things way more difficult than they need to be. So if you prime effectively, what that means is you get to start out your fat loss phase on a much higher calorie total, which is way more fun. I started my cut at 3,000 calories. I was coasting. That was easy. Actually felt like a lot of food because I also started to clean up the quality of my diet. I, just like everybody else, can slip into some bad habits. I needed to clean things up a little bit. Eating 3,000 calories of mostly whole foods feels like a whole lot of food. I was good. My first like significant cut was down to 2,600 calories. So I got down from like 193 to about 190. And I stayed there for a while. And here's the thing. I could have just, and, and my coach and I had this, discuss, this discussion, 
Um, yes, I have a coach. I talk about coaching all the time. I believe in coaching as the most efficient path forward. And this is exactly why, because I know my own tendencies. So I need my coach to keep me in check. And we had a conversation about what to do in that instance. I was plateauing at 190, like literally bouncing off 190 every fucking time I hit it. 190.0, like couldn't even get a 189.8 in there. It was like on the dot. And then there was one time where it was two days in a row and then it would bounce back up. And you can see, I I posted my trend on uh, my Instagram story. So you can kind of see what I was talking about. Anyway, my coach was like, and I said, you know, I could probably coast here and eventually break through it, but I don't want to wait in fat loss that much. It's like, let's do this. Like, let's get more. And he asked me, which is kind of what, you know, what, what a coach should do. Uh, he wanted me to to commit. Like, are you cool with getting more aggressive? And I was like, hell yeah, let's get more aggressive. I don't want to be here for much longer. So we cut. Uh, now I have like 2,400 calories on training days and I have like 2,200 calories on non-training days. It's not fun. Now, some people might hear those numbers and be like, why are you complaining? That's a good amount of food. Yeah, because I primed effectively. And guess what? This morning I weighed in at 187. Things, once I broke through that plateau, it was like, boom, things just started to move. Now, because I don't want to be here very long, what I did was I got really fucking committed. I am doing what needs to be done to get in and out. I don't want this process to last longer than it needs to which means I'm not making excuses when I have to travel. By the way, throughout this process, already I've had to travel twice for work. I am also have gone on two date nights with Mel because I'm not willing to give up date nights. Both date nights we drank. However, I'm doing everything in my power to plan, to execute. And I'm traveling again this weekend and the following weekend. And I have everything already planned out to be successful. I am setting myself up for success because I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's, it's so difficult with travel and all the shit that I have going on. No, I want to get this done with. So I am being resourceful, planning ahead and executing because I don't want this to last longer than it needs to. My point is when you want something and your actions align with that, You do what needs to be done. You don't make excuses. You find a way. You commit and you follow through. And that's what I'm doing. And it's funny because I even told my coach, thinking, here's like, you know, two A's, by the way, two A. I'm a two A. We we like to get praise and recognition, especially from somebody we admire. So I have a lot of admiration for my coach. So I want to get noticed like, hey, look at, like, tell me how good I am. So it's got a very 2A people pleaser type of thing. So like we'll do anything for somebody that we have a lot of respect and admiration for. So I send him the message about how, how prepared I am for travel and how much I've been able to navigate all of these things. And like I'm get like basically patting myself on the back. And his response is essentially, yeah, congrats for doing what you should be doing. Like he didn't say it that way. He he's very supportive and encouraging, but read between the lines, his message was essentially, yeah, 
that's what you're supposed to be doing when you have a goal. And it's funny because I'm over here like, oh yeah, of course that, that should be the response. I'm not doing anything special. I'm not doing anything that I should like, that's extraordinary. I'm literally just following through on a plan that I want to be doing because I have a goal that I want to achieve. It's actually pretty simple. Anyway, so um, I want it to be done and I want it to get, I want it to be over. And now when, when it comes to making fat loss suck as little as possible, I've, I've come up with a few hacks that are not really hacks, but they are things that help me tremendously with lower calories and uh, getting this over with and just like not being as miserable. So the first thing is I eat like a metric ton of fruit every single day. We have right now in our fridge, we have a whole bunch of berries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. We have a whole bunch of cantaloupe. We have a whole bunch of pineapple. We have a whole bunch of mango. We also have apples and we have clementines. So fruit is my saving grace. Number one, you get a whole lot of volume, right? Like when I'm eating cantaloupe and I have some carbs to fill for a meal, it's a lot of cantaloupe to hit a significant carb number. Same thing, like even something that's a little bit more calorie dense, like mango. I love mango. It's probably my favorite fruit, mango or watermelon. Mango is probably 1A, watermelon's 1B. But even still, like getting 100 grams of, of mango, it, it gives me the, like the sweet taste that I want. And you get a lot of volume, even with something that's a little bit more calorie dense. Of course, there are vitamins and minerals and fiber and fruit. So like not even talking about just the health benefits, but literally from like a, a fat loss perspective of being able to eat a higher volume and also being able to help with some of the like sweet tastes that most people want when they're dieting. Number two, I eat a big ass salad every day. I'm not a huge salad person. So for those of you that are like, I don't really like salads. Yeah, me neither. I'm not a huge salad person. But I do love the fact that a big ass salad every day, it's huge volume, low calories. And I can add in like some, some variety there. Like sometimes I'll do like beets and tomatoes and um, you know, obviously lettuce, but I'll throw in some stuff like some shredded cheese if I have, if it's like a higher fat day. Um, or even if it's not, I also have a fat-free version of cheese. That's another thing to make things easier on yourself. It doesn't have to be like all or nothing, right? It's not like, oh, I can't eat cheese because I don't have fat. There are lower fat versions of cheese that you can eat. So on a higher fat day, I can use like the mozzarella shredded that we have. Or on the days that I want to preserve some fat, I can use the fat-free cheddar that we have. There's ways to make it work. And then we have like various dressings and things to make it interesting. And I love coconut aminos to add a little flavor. My point is I'm not a huge salad person, but I love the volume. It takes me a while to eat. It makes me feel like I'm eating a large quantity of food for very little calories. And it allows me to add a little bit into other meals because I'm not taking much from carbs or fats. Like I'm just having mostly protein, a little bit of dressing, and then like various vegetables. So it doesn't take up a lot from my carbs or my fats. And that allows me to have some more fun later on. Um, the third thing is increased protein. By the way, 
whatever you're eating is probably like, this is a gross generalization, but whatever you're eating in terms of quantity of protein, it's probably not enough. If you need to know why protein is important, go listen to the interview I did with Dr. Stacy Sims. It's called um, Women Are Not Small Men. She dropped serious knowledge bombs about the benefits of protein. So I'm not even going to go into the health benefits and why we need to eat more protein. If you're a female and you're listening, you absolutely need to go back and listen to that interview. Um, she will blow your mind on uh, why females especially need more protein. So you're probably not eating enough, but when you're in fat loss, even more so, get that protein up. It is going to help you preserve your muscle mass and it's going to keep you full. And that for me, it's the satiety thing. I love protein. I love like pretty much all kinds of protein, um, animal proteins, you know, poultry, fish, all of that stuff. I love it all. I eat a ton of Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, eggs, egg whites, but I love like a big volume of protein to keep, it keeps me satiated. It keeps me full. And uh, of course there's literally millions of health benefits. So I can't list everything right now. That's not the point of this episode, but to make things easier for yourself, increase your protein. It will make fat loss suck a little bit less. Uh, number four, sparkling water. Now, I am currently sitting with a sparkling ice. I don't know if you know what those are. Like those little long, thin bottles. Um, they have different flavors and they're zero sugar, but uh, they, they probably do have some artificial sweeteners in there. I'm trying to look and see which one it is. I'm looking at the bottle right now. It says carbonated water contains 2% or less of orange juice concentrate, natural flavors, vegetable juice for colors, green tea extract. Um, looks like maybe Ace K is the artificial sweet. There it is, sucralose. Uh, su sucralose is the artificial sweetener. Now, personally, I'm not concerned with artificial sweeteners. I drink one of these sparkling ices every single day. And I also drink a Coke Zero every single day. One can of Coke Zero, one sparkling ice. Um, I also put a little um, creamer in my coffee that's like a zero cal mocha creamer that has some artificial sweeteners as well. I'm not concerned with it. For those of you that are concerned with it, that's okay. There are options for you as well. So I like the flavored stuff. I don't care about the artificial sweeteners. Um, I'm not worried based off of the quantity that I consume. It's not something that is a concern to me, but that doesn't mean you have to do what I do. If it is a concern to you, you can try something like um, LaCroix or the AHA beverages or the Bubblies or whatever. Now, for me, it's like the hint of a taste is so annoying. I would just rather have something that's a real taste, but there's like no flavor in them. I think the AHA ones are probably the best, but uh, I, I like flavor. And so that hint of flavor is kind of annoying to me. But the sparkling, that the carbonation is really what does it for me. The, it makes me feel full. It makes me feel like there's something actually in my stomach. And, um, you know, drinking water in general, obviously, is key because sometimes when you're thirsty, it can come across as hunger. So doing things like drinking enough water in general is going to help. I think that's where something like um, having a routine with like Organifi Greens Juice and their Gold Juice Again, this this to me, 
is kind of like the epitome of setting yourself up for success. If I can start my day with a greens drink, number one, I'm getting in water to start the day. I'm not immediately going to coffee, although coffee is also a lifesaver during a fat loss phase. So I can start with something that's going to get get me like more water early in the day, like first thing in the morning, plus I'm getting my vegetable insurance policy and then also finishing off the evening with the Organifi gold juice caps things off. It gives me that like hot chocolate type flavor. We have the the gold chocolate flavor. Um by the way, I think Organifi just released a crisp apple green juice flavor. You should go check that out. Um, it's Organifi.com slash popfam. So O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash popfam. And then use code popfam at checkout to get 20% off. I believe they just released the the green, I think it's called crisp apple uh, as a green juice flavor. I'm really excited to try that. Um, and then, so what we do is we have the greens in the morning and then at night, right after dinner, like we clean up, clear the plates. I make coffee for the next day. Mel cleans everything. Like, well, I do, I'll put some of the dishes away. I don't want to act like I don't do anything. Um, but typically I'll, you know, I'll cook, she'll cook for her kids. Uh, we'll all sit down, have dinner together. I'll clear plates. She'll wipe down counters. I'll make coffee. And then we make our Organifi gold juice. And the reason why I love that is because it caps off like that dessert feel. It's like a hot chocolate. So the way that I do it is I'll take some almond milk, which is like, I think we have the 30 calorie version of the vanilla unsweetened almond milk. So I'll take like half a serving of that. So like 15 calories and microwave it for like 90 seconds. Then I'll take some half and half, like full half and half. It's like one serving is like three grams of fat. So I always save a little bit of fat for that. And I'll do one serving on top. And then I will um, use our little frother to mix in the Organifi gold juice. And it is just like pure heaven. Like it literally touches your soul. It's so delicious. And it gives you that hot chocolatey flavor. It's kind of like this little dessert that caps off the evening. I love having that as part of the routine. Um, so yes, you can get 20% off the gold juice as well. All of their products at Organifi.com slash popfam. Use code popfam at checkout. But um, those are the things like the, the sparkling water um, is a huge one. And the, the Coke Zero for me is a lifesaver as well. Those are ways to just make fat loss suck less. And then my last final hack are snacking pickles. Now, I don't know about you, but I fucking love pickles. They're delicious. I don't like the, uh, like, what are they? The bread and butter pickles. Not a fan of those, but like a solid kosher dill all day long. So good. And they're like five calories a pickle. So it's basically nothing and they're delicious. Um, they have electrolytes in them and full disclosure. Sometimes I just drink the pickle juice. I know some people think that's gross. It's delicious. Anyway, um, electrolytes in them and they're good for gut health. So snacking pickles can be a savior in the middle of the day when you're like, now, when I'm, when I'm doing my fat loss phase, I actually snack way, way less than I normally do. So right now I'm like five solid meals per day. I'm either like pre-workout, post-workout, and then three solid meals, or I'm just five solid meals on a non-training day. So 
I don't snack really. If I want a snack, I'll just make it a part of one of those meals. So let's say I want a built bar. And while I'm cutting, I'm only having like one built bar per week instead of one every day, just because I don't want to snack as much. But if I do want one, I'll just work it into a actual meal. So I'm not just having it as a standalone thing. Um, but then there are times where I just feel like having a snack and that's where snacking pickles are extra clutch because it's basically no calories um, and they're delicious and uh, yeah, have some, some health benefits in there as well. So those are all of my, my hacks for making fat loss suck a little bit less. Um, just to run through them really quickly, eat a fuck ton of fruit, eat a big ass salad every day, increase your protein, drink some sparkling water, get the carbonation. And uh, what was the last one? Pickles, snacking pickles. How could I forget my favorite one? Uh, so those are my five. Now, remember, all of this is to say you should be priming effectively going into the fat loss phase. I can't stress this enough. If you're not priming effectively, it's going to suck way more. It's going to be longer. It's going to be way less efficient. So do yourself a favor. And if you don't know how to do that, if you've been struggling with it on your own, consider, just consider that maybe the best option is to get some help, have a coach walk you through that process. Look, if you could just do one investment and never have to struggle with this ever again, is that not worth it? Like, I'm literally going to be cutting once this year. Once. I'm doing it right now. When this is done, I'm finished for the year. That's it. Now, I will still continue to pay a coach because it's just important to me. But consider that you could have, you could go through a program over like six months invest once and never have to struggle with this ever again and know exactly what you need to do going into each year to just say like, all right, this year I'm only going to do one or two cuts. And then I know exactly what I need to do around that. I know how to prime my metabolism. I know how to sustain my results. Look, information is very rarely the missing piece. It's simply needing to execute, needing to implement if you haven't been implementing and executing on your own, you probably have to consider a different path. And that's where coaching to me is invaluable. So if that is something that you need help with, it just so happens to be something that we excel at. And I will tell you, there are a ton of great coaches out there. There's a lot of shitty coaches too. So just make sure you find the person that you connect with the most. Um, you know, there's times where people come to me and they're just not the right fit for our program. And I have a huge network of other coaches that I trust that I would say, go talk to this person. So if nothing else, we can always point you in the right direction, but just consider that you don't have to, it's not telling you what to do, not forcing you to make any other decisions other than the ones that you want, but it's just to consider if there is some dissonance right now, if you say you want something, but you're not getting there and your actions aren't quite aligning, you might need to think about modifying your behavior and modifying your choices. So let it sit. And uh, if you need some help, reach out and I will talk to you guys very soon.